just um, open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you for today, Lord. We thank you that we can come together and, and share um, in your word, Lord, that we can come and, and worship you. Um, Lord, I just pray that um, the words that, that you've placed on my heart, Lord, will just be um, the words that, that people need to hear today. You know, we pray, amen. What a story. Um, as, we, um, as we go through Acts, it's, it's interesting to, to see how, um, how it all plays out. And I guess today, um, in, in what I'm going to talk about, I, I really want to focus on, on Paul. Um, and, and I guess thinking about what he must have been going through during this time, um, and I guess how that applies to our life. Um, and what you may face um, on on your faith journey and and your walk with Christ. Um, it's interesting at the start. Paul heads to this church. Um, he does what he always does. He he follows the the custom. He he goes to the church service and and he just goes to worship. Um, what we've what we've just read. Um, it's what he's always done. As the the custom was, he was a visitor, so they got him up to to explain. What he thought it all meant, because in those days no one ever had a Bible. It was all, you know, word of mouth. Occasionally they'd have someone there that, that could read passages um, that were, you know, Bibles that sat in a church. Um, but very few people actually had scriptures to read all the time. Um, their response was a little bit mixed. Um, some Jews joined them and, and believed what he said. Um, you know, he he was like it says. You know, he was revolutionising what they thought of the scriptures. Um, the Bible in those days was, was just the, the books of Moses. Um, so for somebody to come now and, and effectively put what we know as, as the New Testament and put it into context, um, you know, Paul was writing the New Testament as he was on these journeys too, don't forget. So he was really explaining what guys have known for thousands of years and been reading for thousands of years, but it, a lot of the prophecies in it didn't make sense ex- until Jesus and, and these are all being... Uh, been brought to light now so when they talk about it you know turning the world on its head that's that's what was happening um interestingly enough it it talks about many greeks men and women coming to to understand i'm not sure what the significance was in in their society that you actually mentioned that women um quite often in the bible it's it's just men you know when you count numbers it's just men and so for them to to actually mention that that the women they um, must have been quite influential but the Jews took offence, so God's chosen people at, at this message took offence. They became jealous and were so threatened that they started riots. So I'm not sure whether anyone's ever seen riots. I've seen pictures of riots on TVs, but riots are pretty serious. And for somebody to be up preaching and offend people so much that they want to go out and start a riot and burn a city, um, it's pretty serious. They got to that point, they went and found Jason... Um, when they couldn't find Paul and Silas there, they took Jason down to, to local authorities and, and tried to make charges stick on him and blame him for, for what Paul was doing. And it's interesting because whenever you're doing God's work, the devil will do whatever he can to stop you. Um, and he'll even use people around you that, that are supporting you to try and stop you. So it wasn't just that the devil was attacking Paul and Silas, but he was attacking the people that were giving him, giving him board and keep. So at this point, Paul and Silas, they move on to the next town. They follow the same recipe, they go to the synagogue, 
they start teaching there and explaining about Jesus. Um, this time the, the message was received a little bit differently and, and the Bereans started to, to join them in studying the scriptures. So that's got to be a good thing, doesn't it? So how many of you guys do that? I, I hope you all go home today and um, make sure I'm uh, speaking about the right stuff today and um, don't just take my word for it. Below like the previous town, the trouble caught up with them again, literally. The, the guys from Thessalonia, or how we pronounce that town, they heard that they were preaching in Berean and, um, and yeah, they came and, and they started the riots again. And so when the brothers saw this, they, they said, Paul, mate, your time's up, you better head to Athens. So I guess at, at this point in the chapter, I'm, I'm sitting there going, well, what's the significance of this? Like, you know, we all understand that, you know, for these guys where they only had, had the Old Testament effectively and, and Paul's there talking about all this new stuff that, that we know in, in the New Testament, well, of course they would have found opposition to that. But what's the significance for us? Like, what, what do we get out of this passage? Um, I guess Paul's teaching about Jesus. Some accept, some don't. The don'ts get more more vocal and, and Paul moves on. But I think there's more to the significance of this passage than that. But how many of us can relate to that? Like, how many people have, have been out talking to people about the truth um, and they face, face that opposition, they, they face that brick wall, um, you face adversity? I, I was thinking about, it, about an example of that and, and I thought of Michael, actually, where he's, he's at times been, been speaking the truth and, and you know, the, the fellow believers weren't necessarily accepting of that. And I guess that's where we are today in, in Bush Disciples. Um, so, you know, this isn't an abstract thing that, that happens. It, it's, it's still real today. I guess that brings me to the, the question that I want us to think about today. And, and that's how do we know God's will for us? And how are we sustained on, on that mission? So when, when Paul was on this journey um, heading to, to Macedonia, he... Um, he was asked to, to, to go to Macedonia and he knew that, that God was calling him to Macedonia. Yet, the first town he gets to, he gets thrown into jail. So he, he, he went and he saved the, that, that slave girl from, from her, um, her devil possession or whatever it was and the, the owners of that girl got a bit offended and, and went through him in jail. So that was the first town. Second town he goes to, he starts a riot. And the third town he goes to, the riders follow him. So, you know, could you imagine Paul? He's, he's sitting there. He'd had this vision from God of a man calling him to Macedonia. He talked it over with Silas. Silas definitely confirmed, yeah, that's definitely of God. We have to go to Macedonia. And the first three towns they go to, this is, this is a result. Like, could you imagine what Paul was thinking? Like, did, did I get it right? And so today, I guess... We're all placed here on earth for a mission. So God's called us for devotion to him, to serve him here on earth. So in Matthew, in Matthew 28, we're given the Great Commission, where Jesus instructs us, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So everyone who knows Jesus as their Lord and Saviour has been tasked with this mission. We need to tell everyone we can about Jesus. 
what he's done for them and what he can do for them. So I don't think I'm, I'm suggesting that you get to heaven by, by works. Um, one of the, the authors of The Purpose Driven Life, he, uh, he, he terms it like this, we're not saved by service, we are saved for service. It is our response for what he's done for us. So how are we sustained on our mission? So we know we're going to come up against adversity. As we start doing God's work in this world, the devil's going to try and stop us. And so I guess the question that I want you guys to think about today is how are you going to be sustained through that on your journey? So I've talked about Paul. He had this vision. He definitely knew it was God that was calling him, yet he faced jail, riots, and in the end his brother said, mate, this is too much, head, head to Athens. So if you were Paul at that time, you'd be feeling pretty down on yourself. You know, you, you had this vision from God. You definitely knew it was him and, and yet it just didn't seem to work. So for us today, how do we know we've, we've heard from God when we face adversity and push through it? It's not too often we get confirmation like Paul did. Um, I guess when he was thrown into prison, Paul got to see a miracle where he escaped. He got to see the supernatural power of God and then he got to baptise the jailers following that and see them come to know Christ as well. So I know in my own life, I've, I've never had an experience where I've been breaking out of jail, um, but I have experienced small miracles um, where I guess it's been confirmed to me that, yeah, I am following the will of God. Um, I remember this one time when um, I was leading a, a camp called Chrysalis and one of the one of the speakers that, that we have come and talk to the young guys, they do what they call a prodigal talk. And it's where you, um, the guys come up and generally they've had a fair bit of bad stuff going on in their lives um, and they share that with the guys and, and allow the, the guys a chance to, to understand that um, maybe the path they were going down wasn't right. And, and the guy that I'd asked to do this, he'd, he'd been into heavy drugs and a few things like that. And um, his, his talk was amazing when he, when he shared it with us, but... About a week out, his, his family got really ill, like to the point where they were in hospital and everything. And he rang me and he said, look, mate, I, I'm not going to be able to come. And, um, and I was pretty down on it. And so we were praying about it. And, and I said, look, you know, you don't have to come to the camp, but, you know, just come and do your talk. And he said, yeah, right, right, that'll be fine. So then he rings me the next day. He said, look, mate, I, I just can't do it. They're getting worse. I just, I have to pull out. I just, I just can't. And, um, and so, yeah, so he, he, he left it at that and, and I was at the point where, you know, I was trying to find someone else to do the talk. And then um, it was the morning that the talk was due on the Friday and um, I ended up ringing him and I said, look, you just got to be here. I, I don't care what, what it is. And we prayed about it and, and in the end he said, yeah, right, I'll, I'll come. And it was at that point that, that he, he said, yeah, right, I'll come, that, that his daughter that was in hospital, she, she got better within hours um, and, um, and everything started working out. And it was just interesting that the devil was putting all these roadblocks in his life. And, and the moment he, he, he you know, stood firm and, and pushed past it, it was, it was like the pressure got relieved. Um, the other person that, that came to mind actually last night um, was Ben. I, um, I think of Ben a lot, and um, I look at his life over the last two years. And um, he's Ben Lawson, for those who don't know, he's... He's a young fellow that's um, yeah, really doing everything he can to, to serve the Lord. And you look at his life in the last two years, he's had two accidents, he's, 
He's written off two cars. He's been in hospital for weeks on end. One of those days they found he had cancer. Um, and yet you listen to him talk and, and he uses his story to explain how good God is, you know. And it's just amazing that, that such a young person has such a strong faith that despite his adversities that he's, he's faced, he was able to, to, to push through that and he uses his life now to, to explain how good God is to other people. And it's interesting that depending on our relationship with God, God will always speak to us in different ways. So one of the things that, that I think we need to take out of this story is that Paul wasn't on his mission alone. God had Paul in a team with Silas. And I'm, I'm sure that whenever you're on a mission, you need to be in a team because the team's always stronger than one. So when God calls us to a mission, whether it's at school or in the workplace or at a football club, we'll always be part of God's family undertaking this mission. So I know Ben came through his, his ordeal because of the support he had of those around him, his family and, and his church body. And it's no different when you're on a mission as well. So we're sustained on our missions because we're serving God not as a singular but as the body of Christ. So remember when Paul was going on this journey up to Macedonia, he was sent by the church in Jerusalem. He wasn't doing this on his own but it was the church in Jerusalem that was supporting him and sent him. So we need to remember that when God calls us on a mission in this world, whether it's small or big, that he's not calling us to do it all. He's just calling us to do our part of the body. So we need to be supported by and encouraged by the other parts of the body as we journey with Christ and we serve and we worship him.